You're listening to The Pastor's Cut, a podcast from Park Community Church in Chicago. Every time a pastor prepares a sermon, there's golden material that influences, shapes, and informs, but gets cut from the final preach. That's why we started The Pastor's Cut, to give you a chance to go behind the scenes and access the content that informs the teaching at Park each week. If you're wanting to grow in your understanding of and fascination with the Bible, you've come to the right place. This is The Pastor's Cut, and we're your hosts, Sharon Brandis and Trevor Lovell. Happy Monday, everyone. We have Steve Kobel, our teaching pastor here with us, probably also the best dressed pastor on Park staff, <laughs> always coming up on stage with some fresh sneakers. So welcome, Steve. Thank you, Sharon. I am so glad to be here. I blame Nordstrom and Catholic <laughs> school that forced me to wear a uniform. So the only way I could express myself in creativity was through sneakers. <laughs> Steve, could you explain a little bit about your role and uh, kind of what your, what your role is as one of the pastors here at Park? Yeah, my role has shifted uh, over the course of time, but I am a teaching pastor here. I uh, help coordinate what the teaching series is going to be along with our lead pastor, Jackson Crum. Uh, help break out uh, certain sections of scripture that we're going to be teaching through and help lead our teaching uh, meeting. And so we do a collaborative effort between all of the location pastors, and I just kind of play point on those things. And then I function uh, as uh, sort of a helpmate to Joe Riccardi at the Lincoln Park location uh, as a location pastor. I had the privilege of hearing Steve's sermon yesterday on the plagues in Exodus, and there was a lot of really rich content, just seeing how awesome our God is, even in um, these passages and how rich they are. So for those of you that were not at either Near North or Lincoln Park and didn't hear Steve's sermon, could you just quickly recap what your main points were? Yeah, sometimes I try to do multiple points in a sermon, uh, and sometimes I just try to drill down on one specific idea. And I think that the idea that sort of lifted itself off of the pages of Exodus 5 through 11 was the question that the Pharaoh asked Moses is, who is the Lord that I should obey him? And then what transpires through 5 through 11 is the Lord revealing himself to the world, really. Uh, this is who I am. I'm the creator and sustainer of all creation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm the one that made you and the one who you were made for. Mm. Uh, so that's the, kind of the, the idea that I wanted to drill down by the time I got done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good stuff. I thought there was one really interesting thing that you pointed out of this cultural narrative of the word freedom. And with Exodus's subtitle being set free to live free, um, I would love for the listeners just to hear about how uh, society has started to define freedom and how that kind of opposes God's design for us. Yeah. um, So I think that, you know, freedom is an incredibly important word in the scripture and it's a word that we have commandeered in Western American society to uh, be defined simply as individual autonomy. Mm. And so uh, I get to decide who, uh, who I want to be in terms of my identity I and my purpose. I create those things and those things are freeing and liberating. And I actually think that those things create anxiety and depression. I think that's some of the reason why this generation is struggling more than any other generation with anxiety yeah. uh, is because we're bearing the, the weight of trying to create an identity and a purpose for our lives. And, um, and it's all on us to get it right the first time. And if we don't, then it's just, it's exhausting and it's, yeah. it's a burden that's 
uh, too big for us to carry, that we weren't created to carry either. So, um, yeah, and I think that the way that the scriptures articulate freedom um, is that we're set free for something. Hmm. Um, and we're set free uh, for what we were created uh, to do and be, and that is to uh, to love and be loved by the one who created us in his image. And so, uh, and that still means that there are certain bounds or boundaries through which uh, full flourishing happens, not your own ind- individual autonomy to do and uh, be as you would like to do and be, but it's in being loved and loving that we live within bounds of our own uh of that he created for us for our own sake and for our own flourishing yeah it reminds me of just parents and they don't let us have full freedom they put restrictions and boundaries healthy boundaries to help us flourish as kids and i think even to that yesterday was father's day and you mentioned um something really interesting at the beginning of your sermon that your grandfather raised you and he used to speak um words of encouragement over you can you talk about what where you were going with that thought yeah um so my grandfather came into sort of be um right there sort of every day in my family's life after my father passed away and um and he was a military guy so super um kind of not very affectionate not Mm -hmm. even um words of affirmation were not his strong suit and yet over the course of time that he got older and uh even over the course of time where i think that you know, he came to know jesus christ yeah um he began to be more affectionate and uh, would speak more uh words of affirmation uh over me and um he used to say to me steve if you stepped in crap you'd come out smelling like roses <laughs> and i always I don't, I always thought it was funny. I always thought it was really funny, but I also like, I received it as like, I see God's favor on your life. Hmm. And I don't, you know, some people might think that's silly, but like, I just always thought that like, man, that's kind of, kind of a cool thing that he feels like I always land on my feet and somehow somebody's got, is looking out for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so, uh, one of the things that I've been reading, I just finished reading, uh, Henry Nowen's life of the beloved. And, uh, he said in this book that we do, uh, injustice to giving and receiving blessing when we brush off, when people want to speak well over us. And so when we say, Oh, don't mention it, or we quickly want to move on when somebody actually wants to say, man, I'm proud of you. And this is why, um, and we, we try to rush past those things. It's, it's actually us, uh, in giving and receiving those blessings towards one another. We're actually, uh, it's actually a reflection of the, what the Holy spirit says over us in Christ, uh, that we are the beloved, uh, sons and daughters of God upon whom his favor rests. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that being this sort of very significant thing, for how we are to live our lives in in our own personal human flourishing is understanding and continuing to rehearse that by grace through faith, we are the beloved of God. And so in giving and receiving blessing to one another, we're actually uh, reflecting what God says over us in Christ. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. It's interesting how it can be kind of uncomfortable to give and receive affirmation sometimes for a lot of people. And yet, if you get down to like root desire, we, we crave it, we desire that. And yet there's a difficulty around it. Absolutely. Yeah. Even in Proverbs yesterday, I was looking at that 
uh, it says that our words should be sweet like honey and encouraging. And so it reminded me of that too, that uh, our words should pour out just sweetness to someone else and encourage them and build them up. So Yeah, Steve, I've heard you talk a little bit on this theme of, of um, you know, God the Father speaking over Jesus at his baptism. You're my beloved son and whom with I'm, I'm well pleased. And uh, almost connection to your grandfather's words there, that, that the words that are spoken over us have a lot of significance. And and that those words that were spoken over Jesus, that they, they mean for us as well, that they, the same thing, God feels the same way towards us. Could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, um, man, I think that union with Christ is a uh, theological uh, doctrine that we don't speak a lot about in church. And, um, and yet I think it encapsulates the entire scope, entire scope of our salvation. So we talk a lot about justification Mm-hmm. Uh, mean, uh, just a theological term that means to be made right or to, de- to be declared right with God. But mm-hmm. when we talk about salvation, we primarily put it in within the scope of just the first part. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet the scope of salvation is our union with Christ. Mm-hmm. And that means that uh, by grace through faith in Jesus, w- the way that God sees us is the way that he sees his son who lived perfectly um, and who died sacrificially and who uh, rose in victory over Satan, sin, and death. And what he says over his son uh, at his uh, baptism, you're my beloved son upon whom my favor rests. And even in the story of the prodigal son in Luke 15, where the God, uh, as represented as the father, speaks to the elder brother and says to the elder, elder brother who didn't rush off to mm-hmm. uh, squander his father's inheritance, but um, but who had always been there and yet wasn't connected to the father's heart. Uh, he says to his son, uh, you are always with me and everything that I have is yours. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, I think that in Christ, that is what is true of us. We often remember what God has saved us from, but we don't, uh, we don't reflect on what God has saved us for. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he has saved us for uh, intimacy with him. And through Christ, uh, he sees us the way that he sees his son as his beloved. And uh, I think those things are just incredibly important for the sake of our identity. Uh, Ralph Ellison uh, when, was once asked if, uh, if the search for identity was an American theme, and he says it is the American theme. <laughs> and so for many of us, we're trying to find identity and purpose in all types of different spaces and things. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yet the thing that our soul deeply longs for is to be the beloved of God mm-hmm. in Christ. Mm-hmm. And so uh, if, if we live our lives from, you know, scripture talks about uh, building our lives on the solid rock mm-hmm. when the storm comes and the wind blows, um, if you're standing on the rock, you'll still be standing uh, mm-hmm. after the storm has, has blown. Mm-hmm. And I think the rock, uh, you know, in, in its scope is, yes, it's Christ. Mm-hmm. And in Christ, it's your union with Christ. And mm-hmm. in your union with Christ, it's that you're the beloved of God in Christ. Mm-hmm. And that is, that's our identity. And if we, if we live our lives from that space, then we'll get to experience what we were actually created to, to, uh, to experience. Hmm. Yeah, Steve. On that theme, are there any practices that you've incorporated into your own spiritual life that, that help you to remember that to kind of to walk in that on a daily basis? 
Yeah, so um, I think a lot of us, when it comes to prayer, and I get this directly from Henry Nowen, um, but when it comes to prayer, we may start our days off. Um, I, I actually experienced and realized that um, my anxiety started when I checked my phone in the morning. <laughs> and so um, I would rush to see what email I had gotten in the morning or uh, maybe if somebody had um, posted something on Instagram um, or um, checking just the natural inclination to check Facebook before I start start my day or just while you're in bed because your phone has the alarm on and yeah. mm-hmm. that's just the natural inclination to do the next thing but to before I do that uh, to uh, to spend my day in prayer and uh, and not just um, God, here's the requests that I have. Um, here's the stuff that I got getting ready to. I'm getting ready to deal with today, or here are the things that I want to intercede on the behalf of others for. Mm-hmm. But it's not that. It's it's just I'm 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 setting my day on who I am in Christ, mm-hmm. and I'm waiting to hear from the Holy Spirit um, who I am in Christ. And uh, the voice of the Father over us through the Spirit is, you are my beloved child upon whom my favor rests by grace through faith in Jesus. And so when then I go through my day, it's just really, really helpful for me to not bear the burden of the anxieties that come with the daily tasks. You know, I, I talk a little bit about this, but I think that as evangelical preachers and Christians, we've uh, downplayed what uh, the the self-rejecting voices that we hear in our hearts and minds, and we've sort of upplayed the self-promoting voices that we hear in our hearts and our minds. And yet I think that there's a part of the self-promoting voices that actually is rooted in a self-rejection mm-hmm. that we're not, we're not just super self-aware of. And so uh, before I start to hear the voices of what other people are saying or before I start getting catechized by the billboards that I'm walking past on the L of what I need to do and be and how uh, how I, what, what looks cool and what beauty is and whether or not I measure up to those things before, before I start to hear the voices of self-rejection in those or even the voice of, sh- uh, of shame that the enemy wants to wield against me, uh, if I can hear the voice of the Holy Spirit say over me beloved um i can recognize the voices that aren't real and the voices that aren't true and uh i can hear the one that is actually true and real um then i can yeah my my day is just much better and i'm probably pursuing holiness at a much more real in 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 a in a more uh real way than just some kind of form of behavior modification yeah yeah yesterday in your sermon you talked about what foundation we set our lives on. And so even on a daily basis, if that's coming before the Lord in the morning and setting our foundation in Him as a structure for the day ahead, that's really, really great. Yeah. The, you know, Jesus says in John 15, abide in me and I in you and you will bear much fruit. He says it 15 times. Wow. And as Americans, we are so task oriented and getting stuff done and being busy. And I think as you know, as a minority, I think there's a, like a cultural difference when I step into more majority spaces that that I'm like, man, my, my certain values that I have naturally or cultural perspectives that I have naturally aren't uh, like, like I feel like I don't measure up in this space because it's all about doing and tasks and getting things done and being busy. 
and uh, and yet I've just convinced myself that I don't I don't care, <laughs> I don't care <laughs> what nobody thinks about um, my my level of busyness or my level of of tasks being done. Um, in order for me to bear true spiritual fruit, it has to be it has to come from just being. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and rehearsing over me who I am in Christ, and that's where true spiritual transformation happens. That's where like I'm, like even if I'm doing other things, like I'm actually getting things done. Um, more from that space than I ever would from just the space of being busy, because I start to listen to the voices of 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 achievement and the voices of performance uh, more than I listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. All right. So um, when, when you were doing the sermon recap, you talked a little bit about how through the plagues, God is revealing what reality is. And in a sense, it, what it sounds like, well, there's a connection there to the gospel right, that you made that through, through Jesus and the gospel, the same thing is happening. Reality is being revealed. And what you're doing and choosing to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit is essentially rehearsing reality each day so you can live and walk in that uh, and not something else. Exactly. So... Yeah, you've got you've got so many voices coming at us, telling us who we ought to be, uh, what we ought to build our lives on, what brings satisfaction, comfort, joy, and peace, and uh, they are constantly preaching the gospel of uh, of of themselves to us as like build your life on this, and uh, and or love this more than you love anything else. And then you love it and achieve it and experience it. And you're like, man, that didn't that like I wasn't able to hold on to that. As uh, Solomon says, it, it, it slipped through my fingers. Uh, it wasn't mm-hmm. tangible. Um, and so uh, I think that that in uh, in the in the plagues, God is revealing himself to be the only uh, one who can truly satisfy because the Egyptians had built their lives on this form of, of worship in this polytheistic society. Uh, where they were making sacrifices and honoring and venerating gods mm-hmm. who weren't really real. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that same way, though we don't have shrines and make sacrifices to these gods and might even think that that's ridiculous and we're so sophisticated that we would never do anything like that, I actually think that we are are very readily uh, willing to build our lives on things other than God. Mm-hmm. And so we're constantly loving and perpetually loving certain things that aren't God in a way that it's supposed to bring us lasting satisfaction, comfort, joy, and peace. Mm-hmm. And uh, and God is sort of, through the plagues, sort of uh, unraveling that concept so that we can see him and us for who we are and who he is. Mm-hmm. And so that we can experience what we were able actually created to experience is our own flourishing through our enjoyment of him and him of us. Yeah, that's great. In the beginning of Exodus 5, and this was the intro to your sermon, the question is, who is the Lord that I should obey his voice? Pharaoh's asking that. And so I hope that our listeners walked away from the sermon and even the podcast today just with an understanding of who the Lord is and why, as followers of Christ, we should obey him. So, Steve, thank you for your wisdom and joining us this week on The Pastor's Cut. Thanks for having me, Sharon. Much appreciated. God's grace to you guys. For those who are listening, thank you for tuning in this week. Next week, we are looking forward to having the famous Joe Riccardi with us from Lincoln Park. So we'll see you next week and don't forget to subscribe.